Right here. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want him? Yeah. What? They're just different. They sound, they sound okay. I mean, if you're wanting to get technical. Well, no. Obviously, you're in the right place. <laughs> I mean, what do you think's wrong with them? I don't know. They just sound different. Echoey? Well, maybe it's just the headset's not. I mean, do you think it has anything to do with. Testing, test, test, test. You think it has anything to do with the headset is probably like. Twice the value of the ones you got from no, Walmart, or no, mine are mine are good heads. <laughs> yeah, are really nice. Let me heads. just tell everyone listening. No, you do know I'm recording, right? Yeah, I know you're recording. Okay. I, I saw that. I saw you do that. I think Redneck Tech is a good name for your podcast. I thought you were about to say something else, but go ahead. <laughs> I might have, <laughs> simply for the fact that you've literally never had a good freaking lapel mic. <laughs> on me ever you, that you, hasn't like run out of battery you and chuck Moore are getting a little prima donna on the whole the whole <laughs> mic thing really chuck said the same thing guess what and i literally went out and got mics for him and he still complains about them chuck and i could go out and buy a freaking casio um pocket recorder from radio shack and get better audio than half the half the crap that you get uh, that we have to re-record or fix later and the thing is everyone knows chuck and i are way funnier when you don't make us redo it <laughs> yeah oh what about what <laughs> god dang it <laughs> i think the cup has a leak it's definitely not my lip yeah so is who's funnier me or Chuck? Um, I think Chuck you is. have more stories. I think Chuck is probably funnier on camera. The just comeback like, king, like yeah, but yeah, for but return love, fire, oh, Chuck's yeah, got for, it. Yeah, but I never thought I'd meet somebody who had more crazy <laughs> stories than <laughs> Chuck. You have to get me on the subject now. I'll bring something up that. Well, I you tell totally me a new one every time we go because we went. We were in Montana and we got to talk about something. <laughs> And, you, you know, you just we were telling us, you know, we were talking because we sat in an antelope blind for 13 hours. And you just started telling something. And you're like, I was like, what did you just say? And you're like, I was like, you go, I haven't told you that story. I'm like, no. I was like, what are we doing with our lives? I was like, we're sitting here not seeing any antelope, so tell me the story. Yeah, I've got some. Honestly, I don't How am I alive right now? I, between you and Chuck, how you're alive or not under a jail somewhere from your young, from your youths, I don't know. I hope it's luck because I don't want to be one of those people. Like, if you ever met a doctor that has a hundred different accolades, but every time you watch them tie their shoe, you're like, that sucker's going to die. <laughs> what do you mean that sucker's going to die? Have you ever seen someone that's super educated, but like in the education of life, yeah. you realize like they're very book smart, they have no common sense. Yeah, like, yeah. how is this sucker. You know, can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah, like they might have a surgical instrument, but then they'll say like, "Hey, I want to sharpen it and put it in the light socket or something." <laughs> and you're just like, "How is this sucker still alive?" Yeah, like hopefully I'm not that person because when I see those people, I kind of lose a step of like respect. I I'm wanting to think mine's just sheer luck 
of yeah, like, I want to be a good mix of the two. Like, I want to be, you know, pretty smart and can carry on a conversation with people that are smarter than me, but I also want to be able to, like I said, walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah, you want to feel like you're – here's a good example, turkeys, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't think turkeys are smart enough to dodge death. I think they're so dumb that they dodge death because someone that's smart doesn't know how to freaking I've, figure them dude, out. I've said that about deer, too, like – like, we, we give some of these animals, which, I mean, deer are definitely smarter than turkeys, but we give some of these suckers way too much credit, and we overthink this stuff way too much. You're on, treading on thin ice right now with deer. <laughs> well, Because <laughs> I haven't met many dumb ones. Oh, I haven't either, but, like, for turkeys for sure. Like, they just – I had somebody the other day, because, I, I mean, I'm sitting here with the bow guru guy, but – Shooting turkeys with a bow is stupid to me. It's just <laughs> stupid. And I and we said that on the podcast not too long ago. And uh, a guy listens to the podcast that's like you. He just only obviously the only listener oh, yeah. you have. Yeah, exactly. So that the guy listening, yeah. he uh, he he messages us and he's like, "Why is shooting turkeys with a bow stupid?" And I literally replied, "I'm like, because God put them on Earth to be shot in the face with a shotgun. That's their entire purpose in life." <laughs> And, uh, and just shooting with the bow is so anticlimactic. But, you know, I don't know. I still love hunting them. There's some, they're still like, other than elk, I would rather hunt turkeys than anything. I love hunting turkeys. It's so weird. Because there's, there's some conversations that, like, there's honestly some conversations that, um, that, like, Rogan will have regarding hunting to where I don't necessarily agree with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see where he's coming from, but I can also see he's coming from that place because he's never like come at it from a different angle. Mm -hmm. So I get it. But in the same sense, like I think, well, if he saw, you know, if his eyes were open in a different aspect, he would see it different. Yeah. But when it comes to like the people that refer to turkey hunting, like elk hunting, I'm a hundred percent on board with him and cam. Yeah. Like it's not the only thing that's the same. The only thing is the fact that you call to an animal and the animal either comes to you or he stays with his ladies and you go to him. Yes and no, but th- because I feel like, and you, I mean, you have more experience in this than I do, I feel like certain turkeys and certain elk have their personalities. Some of them you could be super aggressive with and they want to come in and fight. Other ones, if you're super aggressive, they leave. I feel like it's th- there are some similarities <laughs> there that, now, I'm not saying it's it's elk, it's like elk hunting, but they carry more similarities than you just call to them. Well, they do, other than the fact if I called if I called to a turkey um, and he showed himself to me but didn't come in, that night I'm not going to lay awake thinking yeah. like, damn, that was a sweet 6x6 six six and I he had a freaking 27-inch royal on one side. for all those other southeast rednecks that hunt turkeys that love them the most they do stay up at night thinking about like i've got two buddies do you know right now why there's no elk in southeast yeah, u.s because of redneck because man. a redneck saw one one time and realized how much awesomer they were yeah. than a turkey and they're all dead now well i sent you the video or that picture of the one in my pasture and you're yeah. like dude go shoot that thing <laughs> yeah and turns out somebody shot it we don't know who shot it nobody's not nobody's owning up to it but he's dead <laughs> but there's one 22 yeah. short round out yeah. laying in the, ro- the, the road yeah these there's there's some elk got out of a like a little zoo around us 
and uh, our the guy that rents our pasture took a picture of a freaking like five point bull elk in amongst the cows, like terrorizing the cows, like like moo cows. I think it's a five by five. He's four, yeah, four or five point for sure. It's not point because it's, it's yeah, not a whatever. Tail. Whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> five he uh, point. He, that means he's got two on one side and three on the other, or two and a half on both sides. Five by five. <laughs> there you, know you go. What I was saying. He's a ten point. Then, yeah. In other words. Well, in Georgia, it, he's definitely a ten point. Okay. Yeah. See? For the redneck that shot him, he was a ten point. Hundred <laughs> percent sure. That's what I mean. But uh, yeah. So I was actually two ridges over hunting with my little boy, not seeing crap when he sent me the picture. He's like, "This is in our pasture right now." And if I would not <laughs> have my little boy there, I could have got to the pasture and shot it with the two seventy, and. But my little boy would never have been able to get there before dark. What you can't throw him on your back? It's well, a little I, boy. Have you ever seen? Probably. You ever seen The Hobbit? <laughs> seen Lord of the Rings? The Hobbit? You mean Chuck? <laughs> Come on, Samwise, throw Frodo on your back and roll. Oh, so we're <laughs> for sure off and running on this, and I'm getting to host a podcast with Dud for. Wait once. a minute. <laughs> let's just back. Okay, we're backing up. Uh, let's right. just well, back up. What's going on? You kind of lost me at off and running. Off and running. Well, we're off and running. Who? St- I don't know. Was it you? No, it's definitely Because <laughs> I haven't you. seen that yet. No, you're facilitating this to this point. I've seen the off part, but not the running so part. So I have questions, <laughs> and I have things that I want to talk to you oh, about. Oh, here we go. So okay. we're. I'm here in Iowa with Dudley. We're doing a bunch of content this week. And we've got some stuff that he's been wanting to talk about for – we're going to get to that later. But I wanted to talk to you about – since – this podcast is all about outdoor content creation, and you are an outdoor content creator. It's probably well. going to be a swap cast, so. Yeah, for sure. But for the record, this was officially recorded for Redneck Tech yeah, Podcast. for sure. So I wanted to talk to you about you, your early days in television. Or really, I guess, how you got into the whole filming <laughs> thing in the first place, and then television yeah. and the transition to YouTube and all that. So I guess we can kind of start with... Why did you start filming hunts in the beginning, or why did you start creating content in the beginning? Um, I've just always, I always liked. Um, well, when did you start? Like, when was like the first official video that you put out or something? Well, the first official video that was like mainstream would have been on TNN. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, TNN. But I actually started recording hunts before that. Mm-hmm. Um. Me and my best friend at the time, uh, Brandon Gann, who still works for Matthews, um, Brandon and I were, like, kind of inseparable. And I started working at Matthews, I think, when I was 19. Um, Brandon was the same age. So we just started, like, we honestly, we would hunt together all the time. And I remember, I think I might have my first video camera Still have it? I, I think I I think I built it into like I'll show it to you. It's I built a control panel to make a video trail camera using this original video camera that I have. And hmm. it's in a Pelican box. Yeah. With like an IR sensor on it. Like I'll have to show you this thing if yeah, I can I find it. I You're gonna it. yeah, because this is like as redneck as it gets. Because <laughs> they didn't Trail cameras at the time were a tripwire, more or less. That would just tell Which you. You taught me that. I'd <laughs> never seen that yeah. before. Yeah, I'll show you. I, if I can find it, I have to show you. I hope I have it somewhere. If we can find it, like this thing's a relic. I'm telling yeah, you, sure. like before, before you could just throw a you know a stealth cam out and it recorded like 
4K now to your phone. Um, so we bought, I don't know, the first one was, I'm trying to think, the first one I think was just an 8 millimeter. I don't think they had high 8 yet. I think the high 8, like I remember when, that came out and you were like, heck yeah, dude, this is I've high still tech. got it. I've still got it. Yeah. So like, I remember when high, the high eight came out and, um, Brandon ended up finding one that was a refurb that we bought at Best Buy and it had night shot on it, like to where you could record, like you had to have that to record during like early morning. When you're, yeah. When you're going to actually shoot something. That's pretty much what you had. Otherwise, it was just so dark. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we filmed with that. And I was filming some stuff, and I was shooting professionally. And on um, – so the MC for the NABH uh, archery tour, or technically the Cabela's professional shooting tour, um, the MC for – the whole tournament, the guy that would like talk up on the bus and everything was Dave Watson. Mm -hmm. And so Dave had his show on TNN. So I was like bringing in this big ass recorder and like playing these tapes onto a TV in the hotel rooms and like showing Dave these hunts that me and Brandon were recording. And they were, you know, looking back, obviously, as bad as you can get, you know. <laughs> I won't show anybody my early stuff. It's so How, bad. However, I did shoot. Did you see that one? Um, I shot, like, an eight-point in Wisconsin. I think I showed it. I'm like, this was the – it was the first Pope and Young Deer I ever shot, and we filmed it, and it was insane. Like, I, I never – I'll never forget. We were like, holy cow, that thing's – that's going to be a Pope and young, you know, and we like film this, um, on this late October day. And, and I took that tape and showed it to Dave Watson. And then Dave ended up saying like, Hey, I'd like to use that. But he said, honestly, I think he saw like my TV presence mm -hmm. and said, um, is there any way you'd want to come do like a Bushnell secrets of the hunt? Um, thing with me because I want to, I want to try to capture professional 3d shooters and how they apply that to hunting. Cause I always told them like, the only reason I shoot 3d is because I'm a hunter. I love hunting. Yeah. And so that was, yeah, the first ever, um, televised thing was a Havelina hunt that I, that I did with Dave Watson. I think I remember you posting that. Yeah. Yeah. I posted yeah. that one. And then, um, and then I did a hog hunt, and then he ended up using like a he ended up using um, one of my deer hunts. I think the one that I'm talking about. And then I'm trying to think. Um, and then I ended up doing uh, a monster buck. I think it was monster buck ten, and. Bill Jordan did that for me as like a, like a thank you gift, took me to the Milk River. Mm -hmm. uh, but I ended up, and that was Mark Womack's first ever filming trip. Yeah, yep. so. You um, forgot his camera arm. Yep, forgot his camera arm. And I ended up shooting that deer at 96 yards. <laughs> and I remember we went back 
in and no one had killed anything. It was actually the weekend following 9-11. And uh, everyone was kind of like stuck there because flights all were canceled and stuff. And I remember we went back and we were all excited because, you know, we felt like we broke the ice because we killed this really cool buck. And, I mean, it was a bomber shot. Yeah. And we went back, and I remember, like, putting it on the screen, just like everyone's watched. We're like, you know, Bill and David go back, and, like, you know, they're playing the thing, and the the Cormans were in there. Like, Nick Munt was there. Nick Munt was Bill's camera guy. Yeah. For, you know, first every year, him filming at the time. And um, so the buck's out there, and Bill's like, what stand were you guys in? And he's like, oh, we are in the Waddell stand or whatever. And he's just like, so was this buck in the alfalfa? Because he knows this he's, stand is he's on. He's gauging the, how far yeah, away this Yeah, he's like, was. wait a minute. Like, aren't were you guys in the stand that's like on the edge of the riverbank? And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's also seeing this deer that's in frame out already in the alfalfa. Yeah. And honestly, it was one of those things. We were seven days in. Uh, this was my last night. And I'm like, I'm not going away from the Milk River without a tag. I was about to say, I've been with you enough to know that you don't like unfilled <laughs> tags. That's not something you're about. And in my defense, um, at the Cormans, they live like right at the bottom. Their ranch house is kind of at the bottom of this real tall butte. And there was one target there. And I shot, I actually thought it was fairly boring because at the time, Bill didn't allow anyone to hunt mornings. So in the mornings, people just go out on these cliffs and watch the watch, fields yeah. and watch everything leave. And then at 8 o'clock, you come back and, you know, have a big greasy breakfast. And then it's like, okay, we'll see everybody in six hours. So I would just shoot arrows off this butte to the target that was in the yard and from the edge of this butte to the target it was a hundred yards but it was a four yard cut so you had to shoot it for 96 yards That's and i shot that for six freaking days like hours a day so when this buck came out mark had forgot his camera arm and couldn't swing the camera around the tree to get the shot and i'm at full draw and he's at 20 and I'm at full draw, and he goes to 25. He stops. I'm still at full. He's like, can't see him, can't see him. Well, he gets to 50, and he's like, got him. And, well, now he's walking. And, like, I'm sitting there thinking, well, I don't freaking know if what, you know, every step he takes, he's a different distance. Yeah. So I ended up uh, letting down, and I was just like, God dang it, dude. You know, why didn't you bring – the thing and you know i've been waiting my whole life to hunt with real tree and you know i was just a kid that yeah. was just you know couldn't that had dreamt of being on a monster buck video his whole life yeah and so then this thing goes out there and stops and just starts eating calm as a cucumber broadside head down not flinching like just look like a target out there and I just sat there and started ranging him with that big old square Bushnell thing, you know, with the single eyepiece. Yep. Just 96, 96, 96, 96. And I looked down at my sight, and, I mean, there was, like, 20, you know, my, what I call home base, which is 20 to 50, and then there were 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, all with, like, pencil marks. 
and then this one little pin dot. Or you've been shooting 96. 96. Yeah. And I'm like, I just started going like, tick, 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 tick. and Mark goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to dump this sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, what? And I go, he goes, where? And I go, right there. And I'm just clicking. And he goes, what? We got to talk about this. And I said, if you don't hit record, you're going to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like put it on 96 and drew back and shot. And like he actually flinched on the shot for the record. Womack, total flincher, like went airborne with the camera oh, and came back down and was like perfectly framed when that arrow freaking just drops in there put both of his just pin both of his front shoulders together and just wheelbarrowed and dead we were so pumped well when the shot goes off the arrow like climbs out of the screen then the camera points up in the freaking sky and bill jordan just hits pause on that camera <laughs> just turns around and goes how far was that shot john Dudley? <laughs> i go um it was out there, and he's just like, we're never going to be able to use this. And then he just, like, hits play. <laughs> and then the camera comes back down, and it just smokes it, you yeah. know. And he was just like, God dang, that was a heck of a shot. And, you know, I was just like, there, can't you just, like, here we go, redneck tech. Can we just cut the frames out? Like, you know, you got them centered. When that arrow, like, as soon as it hits the peak of the frame, just, like, cut everything out between when Mark flinches. Yep. And when he finally comes back down, just do like a cut and crop, recenter the frame, and it's just going to look like a little 50-yard dropper, just bloop, bloop. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, no, we can't use that. And it never, it honestly never made it, which was unfortunate, but it was, um, to my credit, I feel like that was the first official bomb drop of the oh, I bet of the was. Monster Bucks. And they but did. it wasn't the first bomb drop attempt, but I bet it was the first <laughs> bomb drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. There was um that was a pretty that was an that was a that was an internet interesting week. I oh, actually I've, just remembered something else that happened there that was on the shady side. I think from, you told you told me that story, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I but, won't uh, go into it. But so what uh so you just kind of funny given the people that it was involved yeah, and oh, yeah. like the crowd they're running with right now. Yeah, well, right. Like you said, that's a story for another day. Um, <laughs> that's a story for when, when knock on sells and John Dudley retires, and <laughs> someone says, "All right, I'd like the real skin of spill the, the beans, spill the, spill the beans of the total idiots in archery." Yeah, like, well, okay. Here so you, go. you got into when did you first start doing the TV show? Mm, the TV show started in I want to. Th- think it was 2008 2008 yep and you six did, seasons and you did six seasons and then yep you like so many other people got nice and fed up with uh how everything was being ran over at outdoor sportsman's group and you decided to i'm doing this on my own well the truth is i actually had i came into tv from a very different perspective because what people need to realize is when i came into tv i had already Worked at Matthews for just under 10 years and then left Matthews, went out on my own and was working with other companies. And the reason my TV show started was because um, 
my boss at Hoyt at the time, Mike Looper, each each year him and I picked a different international territory to target for marketing to. And we did, we kind of focused on Australia and we focused on South Africa. And then I remember him saying like, Hey, we really want to try to pinpoint marketing in Canada. So I ended up, um, going up to Canada and I started talking to some shops and started saying like, Hey, do you have any, um, like any desire for seminars and stuff like that, which had been very successful in Australia and in Europe. And, and we also did that in South Africa. And I kind of got my foot in the door with, with places and earned trust and started writing for those publications and, and things like that. So I was able to really represent all the brands that I worked for, but not like, a direct representation. So, um, and at one point I remember a guy in a shop in Canada that was a very big shop said, you know, we just don't really feel like we can fill a shop with target archers, but if you were with a TV show, we could, you know, we could definitely get people to come. And he said, you know, like if you were on wild TV, like, this we would fill this place and granted yeah. you know everyone needs to realize this is this is like you know over a decade ago yeah. when wild tv was the first hunting channel to ever hit canada so unless you had access to monster buck dvds or vhs tapes like canada wasn't airing shows yeah so um and i remembered uh just prior to this Myself and um, a good friend of mine, Darren Cooper, who you've worked with, we actually had this, we talked about at tournaments because him and I shot on the U.S. team together and we were really, you know, we roomed together a lot. Um, we talked about how hunting hunting shows were boring to us because everything was very mapped out. And like, even when I was at the monster buck thing, it was mapped out. And honestly, when I watch it now, it's still mapped out to where it's, it's these hit lists. And this, this kind of later on evolved into something that was problematic with what I didn't like about TV and why I took our show away from TV. However, I had done this DVD series with Darren, um, and we, how we described it when we talked about if, hey, if we did our own hunts and put them together, what would they be like? And this was, um, this was at, I think we were in Sweden or something. And I said, you know, I would love to have a hunting, like, I would love to have a hunt that combined Robin Big with MTV Cribs. Yeah. That's how I remember specifically. That's how I said it. And he's just like, well, why don't we freaking do it? And so that's what started um, DD bow hunting. You know, Darren and Dudley is what it was. And, and so I sent Darren a pile of hunts that I had already accumulated from like all these years of, you know, Eventually, I did. I think my first camera was like a high. My first camera was for sure a VHS, 
then it was a um, an eight millimeter, then a high eight, then it was a high eight digital, then it was the mini DVs. Yeah, but I think the first one was the GL one. Yeah, GL then an XL one. Yep. Um, so like this is how things progress, right? So I had like probably a hundred kills that were just like kills that I showed at a party, right? Yeah. And, um, so I had all this stuff and we came out with this DVD and the DVD just by word of mouth did really well in Canada. And one of the people that saw it was, um, was, uh, Helgi at, who worked for wild TV at the time. So Helgi actually came to me and he said, dude, you should have a TV show. You that freaking, you know, I love that cutting edge dvd like that was freaking awesome you should do a hunting show like that and i just said like ah you know we don't i don't have any interest to do a tv show and stuff well later on when i hear this comment of if you had a tv show you could fill the shop up we could we feel like you could fill the shop so it actually like set something off so i ended up calling helgi back and i said hey just out of curiosity what would it take to get a show and so Helgi's like, you know what? Let me call you back. And he called me back and he said, you know, hey, man, we had someone fall out of this time slot. If you want to do a show, like, we'll practically give you this thing. Just get us the footage enough to fill 26 weeks. So I actually grabbed um, Antoine, who had helped with a lot of the finish editing of our Cutting Edge DVD, and said, we're going to make, we're going to cut 13 episodes and, and double them up, you know? So that was how it started. And when I aired it the first quarter at wild TV sportsman's channel ended up seeing it and they must've liked it. And then they called and made this proposal of, you know, Hey, is there any way we can get that TV show down here? And I pretty much made the comment of, you know, we're not in the TV show business. All I, all I was trying to do was I was trying to create a demand for me to be able to go into a shop to start educating archers. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always been about, like, how to get my foot in the door for education. But everyone assumed they only wanted hunting to do that. Yeah. So, like, when I went to Sportsman's Channel, the biggest hurdle was – the freaking whole production list of the protocols of what was allowed and not. So my biggest hurdle with the sportsman's channel was, Hey, we don't, cause we had, we had like field recon, which was focused on education in the field. And then we had dead center, which was education in the range. And they said, you can keep these two elements to your show, but these need to be maximized at three, no more than three minutes. And I was like, why am I being limited on education? Yeah. You know, and so that was just this continual hiccup. But because of my past working internally at archery companies, I knew, one, what we paid every hunting show. Two, what we paid for our own commercials on the networks. And so... It's easy to do the math of in between when now I'm getting a bill from the network of 
hey, you're in this many households and you're getting six minutes of commercials. Here's your cost. And then I start realizing like, hey guys, this is a this is a freaking terrible business model. Yeah. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I just said, well, when I worked at Matthews, I could buy six minutes of my own commercial time from you guys per, you know, per day at this rate. But if a TV show tries to come sell me six minutes or me now as a TV show, and I'm saying like, hey, Hoyt, I'm going to give you three 30-second commercials, but now I have to ask him for three times the amount because that's how much you're you're charging me two times the amount, yeah. and I'm trying to add enough to like cover my costs and and obviously not waste time for no reason. It was just the it was the worst business model. The yeah. business model was a hundred percent made for the network to make money on a bunch of people in the hunting industry that wanted to be famous. Well, see, and the thing that the most frustrating thing, yeah, that that's. Obviously, and that's still an issue to this day on the on the networks is they'll sell it to you know some media or marketing company for less than the shows can sell it to the sponsors. So you can't it's ever, horrible. Yeah, you can't ever make any money. But then the whole thing is like they didn't want you to do more than a three minute education segment, but we can show people at the dinner table eating at hunting camp, and we can show you know some dumb little skit that has nothing to do with hunting or education or anything. It's just, dude, I got an email. Um, I got an email from a producer internally at Sportsman Channel that sent me an email that described to me what B-roll was and gave me a producer's definition of B-roll and told me that I need to utilize more B-roll. And I just said, I replied back and said, I don't know if you got that definition right. I said, my definition of B-roll is people who don't have enough kill shit. So that's why I don't use it. <laughs> it's like I don't need to see water flowing over a rock. I don't need yeah. to see. I mean, from content creators like you guys, yeah. that's cinematic. Yeah. But I always looked at myself as like I'm not a cinematic person. Yeah. Like there were people that were really good videographers, like Heartland Bowhunter when they started, yeah. right? You know, they set the standard for that for sure. Yeah. They like, they set a bar of that. You know, it's like there's people that have roles to where you know that's their thing and their yeah. niche. My niche was education. Yeah. And I would rather educate it, educate with like, and you've helped me with this, but I would have rather educated with um, poor, and I shouldn't say poor, but subpar like visual effect yeah for the fact that i could get it out there yeah. and i feel like in the end now there's become this middle road of people want to watch stuff fast learn fast move on and you can't like b-roll takes away from that yeah i feel like you can't um you can't you can't have someone's attention that has ADD if you're trying to like put fluff in it. Well, and we've created that ADD. I've talked about that before. We've done that to ourselves. We did that. Yeah. We do that to our kids right 100%. now. Hundred like, percent. Anytime you watch a cartoon, all you got to do is look at the. 
Oh, you don't have to look at the screen. Look at the wall and watch how how fast the light changes. Yeah. But we've created this monster. Yeah. You know, and and you know, and I and I'm I'm just as guilty as anybody else to where I watch something and I'm like, all right, I'm over this. I'm going to something. Going to the next thing or whatever. And that's why you know people talk about how long content should be. And it's like, how long do you take a crap? That's about how long it should be. <laughs> you know. You know. What's on crazy their phone. is, I personally feel like if it's if it's Something they've seen a lot, something that they're on to. So, like, you know, obviously we talk about B-roll. I think as a community, people know B-roll and know, like, okay, they didn't show the kill before the commercial. Now the commercial's done, and guess what? I'm watching this dude on the horseback again, and then now I'm working, watching this animal come in again. Now I'm watching this animal come in from the, from an, a 180 flip. Now I'm watching him come in slow. Now this guy's drawn back again. Now I'm getting to see, you know, close up of his broad head. And mm-hmm. like, you realize, okay, that like they're trying to make two minutes, 22. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Been do- I've done that a lot. I but what's cool content for sure. But what's cool is, like, at least with what we're doing now, you took a lot of that same stuff, like, from our Montana elk hunt. Now, there's a lot of people that would have loved to watch that first cut where you showed a lot of what was going on every day. But in the end, I said, I would rather, you know, accelerate you know, I'm, if for, that elk hunt was perfect for 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you could have made a full show out of that. But I'm like, okay, watching this, I feel like we're kind of at, at an, like, nine minutes would be would be better. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of accelerated through a lot of that to where if someone would lose attention based on something they see all the time, you don't want to, like, lose that attention during that aspect. But – there has been times, for example, like like that live, the live training sessions that I recorded with, with Ryer, which, you know, that stuff's like, it's uncut, which I love. You, you know that. I hate, yeah. I hate it if I can't do something in one take because yeah. I feel like I don't, I don't like scripts. And I feel like, Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like my followers like that about me, you know, whether maybe sometimes it's slow and methodical or sometimes maybe I forget something. But to me, it's incredibly impressive. I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, you know, anytime we do something with Dudley, it'll be a 12 minute, you know, teaching segment about a D loop or whatever it is. I was like, he'll mess up. You know, he could mess up halfway through and we'll start over and he won't do it again. I was like, but he'll never screw up more than once or twice. And <laughs> yeah. he'll do the whole thing over again and he'll nail it. You know, then we'll watch it back through and there might be an um or an ah that I cut out. But other than that, yeah. that's it. Yeah. I feel like if I watch something back about that, I want it, I want people to have the, the experience of if they came to me as a coach. Yeah. And, that that's how I feel. Like if I messed up as a coach, I'd be like, wait a minute. You know, I probably wouldn't re explain the whole thing to him, but I do think that way. And I, you know, I think it's at least for my crowd, I feel like it's valuable. And from the, from TV, I think it's a, a really, it's an interesting dynamic of, do people want that authenticity or do they want, 
do they want like awesome? I feel like the hunting public, I've honestly never watched a single thing they've done, but I've kind of seen clips and it, if you're going to turn something that fast, it's not going to be polished. Yeah. It's just raw. And I've noticed that for myself, there's been times where we've put out something to where we've polished it. And I'm like incredibly proud of it. And I'm like, this thing will go viral type, you know, and then it, it does good, but it does average. And then you put something out. That's just this thing from your iPhone to where honestly it's B roll. Like in my mind, I'm like, I need to post something today. I'm doing this anyway. This isn't going to be polished. I'm just going to like self film this and it's B roll. And then all of a sudden it's just like, boom, everyone freaking just likes it, shares it, yeah. tags it. So it's it's a really weird dynamic. Yeah, it's the ones that you like you do off the cuff that do so well and the ones you put time, energy, and thought and planning into. And you're like, why did anybody like this one as good as they like this one? Well, then you try to do an off the cuff one yeah. thinking, okay, and then no one watches it and people are like, you know, dang you know low quality hashtag low quality yeah it's just like okay sorry guys i was trying to freaking <laughs> figure you a-holes out <laughs> yeah well that's your problem trying to figure out figure people out that's the hardest part well the thing is i don't i feel like you're not figuring people out anymore you're yeah. figuring out an algorithm yeah so we'll see that's probably a good i guess a good segue into kind of you know what i want to talk about now so in your eyes bring it what is so since you went to YouTube and there's all these other platforms, there's social media, there's still some television, like what has been the biggest, I guess, change to you? You know, what has been the biggest driving force? But to me, there's too many platforms. There's too many places for things to go. Maybe not too many, but there's, it takes my attention away. Like you got to make sure we're doing Videos for IGTV. We got to have YouTube. We got to have Facebook. We got to have you know if you're doing a TV show, we got to pull content for this. We got to have this. Now there's TikTok. Now there's this. To me, there's just so much. Like, how do you make sense of that? How does that all change for you? Uh, well, I put content out where I'm passionate about the platform. Yeah. So I personally. I feel like if I had a person around, like I feel like if I was always with you or Ryer and I yeah. just said, okay, you guys can do knock on TikTok because there's stuff that I know that I do every day that I'm not. a dancing video for me to be great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you could, dude, you could have all kinds of stuff like that. But like I'm not going to create stuff like that about myself. Like that's me when the camera, like if I'm not doing archery, I'm going to freaking moonwalk to my grill and like come back and like have a cocktail because I'm pumped because we're done filming. Yeah. You know, and for you, you'd be like, dude, you know, that's, or if we're in the blind jacking around after 10 hours and I'm starting to get, you know, stupid, (laughs) you know, but to me, that's not like, it's not passionate. That's not passionate to me. So, I focus on the platforms where I'm passionate, which for me, I just, I like, for whatever reason, I like Instagram. Um, I think YouTube's good as well. Um, But like, 
even for me, YouTube's changed. So, like, YouTube was a very good monetization for us. But I also got to the point where people were marketing within my stuff that were literally trying to hijack. They were yeah. they were plagiarizing what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it's like, and I'm just going to say it. For Josh Bomar to do any type of archery video is hilarious to me yeah. because he was a desperate person reaching out for advice hardly any time ago and reaching out to me and telling me things he was doing where I'm like, dang, dude, that's amateur hour. And then now he's giving people advice because he's just like desperate for it. And people are listening, which is, you know, which is sad. Yeah. But, um, I feel like I'm just doing what is a hundred percent what I love to do and what I believe in. And those platforms that allow that are where I post. But the hard part is like, because I'm not monetizing now I'm on YouTube, my posts, like what I put out because they're not making money off it as well. Now they're, it doesn't, fall into the algorithms as much so i'm faced with this thing of is this video hitting fifty thousand less people worth me getting a couple grand from a company that's trying to take our to like take our content away from us yeah and so i weigh it out of me being out of the algorithm is worth it. Like I fall, honestly, I fall back on my podcast platform to, to tell people, Hey, go to the YouTube channel, like type in knock on archery, YouTube, go to my, go to our freaking YouTube channel and look at our videos. And when it says like recommended next, just type that subject into our search and you're going to see a video that I've already done on that subject guaranteed rather than it taking you away from us to take you to someone that's going to allow monetization on their platform or pay for the boost, you know, which I've, we've never paid for boosting. We've never paid, you know, we don't, at least now, like we don't monetize. Um, But also now we've really focused on trying to put all of our content on our website directly, which Oh, that's looks awesome too. Um, and I don't think that's as pop as critical right now, but it it it's going to be because, for example, I'll show you this right now. So, I've seen on social media since the election, there's noticeable things that are happening within the algorithm, depending on certain people you hang around with how Instagram likes those people or not. Really? So, like, here, I'll show you this. This will blow your mind. So, obviously... After 2020, I don't know if anything's going to blow my mind anymore. It will, actually. So, like, you know, um, like, with Andy, I mean, personally, I feel like some of the stuff that he said with, like, tactical assholes and that, I think have an impact. And I know, like, he might not, he he didn't really, he just said, well, I don't really know. You know, I'm not really sure. And I just said, well, I'm sure. Because I can see what happens with, like, those interactions. So, um, let me find it here. So, when I, 
this performance anxiety. I'm finding it here. <laughs> so, like, check this out. So, this is my Instagram. Yeah. The day that my phone, that I tagged Andy Stumpf. Wanted nothing. And for every day that I was now within Andy's vicinity, my followers plummeted. So they took followers away from me at 200 a day while I was with Andy until I was gone and gave them back. Yeah, and I see that number going well, up. Well, then it, yeah. then it just goes back to, like, Normal. what our what yeah. our standard growth is. But then there's also times where, like, I can see, like, if I make, for example, um, the other day I, f- I followed a, um, a gun store. And so overnight, a thousand followers were taken away. Like a thousand followers were gone. So, like, at some point, as a society, we have to realize like, if Apple is not going to allow Parler, if, you know, if Twitter is going to take away the president's Twitter account, if, like, yeah. you know, if I decide to, like something that's gun related, I get punished for it. Like, well, what the, what the scary thing that I'm getting is, it went from Sportsman's Channel wanted to put you in a box, you left there. Now YouTube's wanting to put you in a box, and now Instagram's wanting to put you in a box. I feel like YouTube's pretty good. They're not wanting to put me in the box, but they're not going to well, the put, monetization. Yeah, thing. they won't put me on a pedestal. Yeah, if I'm not going to let them make, but but in in all of their defense. I 100% know it's not like I'm paying to be on Instagram. Yeah. And I I could I could prom- like I could hit I could promote and I could be bigger and, th- and you know and things like that but I also feel like what we've always prided ourselves with at Knock on Archery um is that Sharon and I both feel like everybody that's here wants to be here and they find a way to find us so um and that's honestly that's really who we want around i want someone who who loves the content that we put out i don't want i don't just want someone to like our content that doesn't like it because it honestly you know i don't like negativity I've, you know, a lot of times, like, if that's there, I just block it, move on. There's, there's like, there's way too much positivity to have any type of negativity. So, um, I just look at it that way, you know, but I think as a community that, especially people now that want to try to like so-and-so or quote unquote, like make it in our industry, yeah, you have to do what you're passionate about. You have to, um you really have to no matter what people tell you within that field you have to do something to where the people that are watching know you're 100% real about what you're doing and i feel like i really feel like the human race has a very good radar for for like when someone just loves what they're doing yeah and they definitely get boofed by the people that um, I don't want to say they're frauds, but people that are like 
desperate to be someone and just put on a show. Like there's yeah. show people for sure. But there's also people that are very good at like putting out original content and continual content that's educational. And there's some people that are just really good about putting something out that's funny, you know, that's just entertaining, you know, which, um, and I think when you see those people, they just stand out. It's like, there's a lot of good comedians out there, but like, I can watch a lot of comedians and ones that are reputable, but like, if Theo Vaughn's on Joe Rogan's, I'm going to laugh. Like, he's going to say something like off the cuff that's. Like, for whatever reason, just makes me laugh. That dude yeah. is something special, for sure. <laughs> his, 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 but, his, but he hasn't swayed from it. Like, uh, yeah. he's sticking. Like, that's, whether that's a character or that's him, I don't really know. Yeah. But that who, character who is, be, yeah, that character is consistent. So, yeah. you know, I know what I'm getting. It's like when, you know, when we go. When we go to the Mexican restaurant here in my town, you know, La Casa. La Casa. You ordered the same. I think you've ordered the same thing from the first day you've ever came here. Because it's really good. You know what you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I, I think I think that's what matters most about, like, platforms or creation or, honestly, even length of time. I think if you're consistent with what you put out there, the people that like what you're putting out there, they'll they're gonna come back, but they're also they're also gonna kind of expect that same thing. So if you try to go down roads that aren't necessarily your heart, I well, think people like, people well, start like, to see it. Well, it's like you you've been doing this for how long? You know, you weren't successful overnight. That was putting out, and yeah, putting, no, out and sure. putting out and putting out and putting out and putting out and putting out. I put out a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. We we knew that. Um, so uh, you know. We've been talking about you need somebody in Iowa. You need somebody to help you. Um, we, you know, we do a lot of your hunting stuff, and we do some boat builds, and we get to come up here, you know, what two or three times a year to. I feel like more than that, but maybe yeah. maybe the hunting's in between. But yeah, well, you know, I think last year I think we did three, you know, five seven day ish trips. So you know, probably did it in I don't know three weeks or so. Yeah. Um. And then obviously there's stuff in the interim. You know, you send us footage or some images. You need to do stuff like yeah. that. But you're missing out on a lot of stuff that you're doing day to day that we can't just. We're in Georgia. You're in Iowa. I you don't know? feel like I'm missing out. No, I feel like, like I feel like. Um, and some people, you and I know what, we're, what you're getting ready to talk about, but yeah. I think people listening don't know which um, a part of this podcast is to kind of say, hey. You know, roll call. Um, we we need we need an internal source that's able to capture honestly what what I do or what we do every day. Like yeah. you, everyone out there gets to see the thirty days that me, you, or Ryer together, right? Yeah. And but the reality is. I don't know if I really take a day off of archery. Yeah. Like, you know, something is happening all the time. Well, if it's not archery, then it's cooking. If it's not cooking, it's teaching. You know, it's, yeah. some, you know, it's something. And so we we really need a full-time 
content person at knock on. Yeah. But in the same sense, we've never really posted that position because it really would take the right person. Yeah. It's a unique role that me and you have talked about. We've been, I mean, I know me and you've been talking about this for probably two years, you know, on and off, like, you know, you're like, you know, I could really use somebody. Then it's like, well, you know, you guys are helping me out, but there's time, you know, like, you know, you'd call me someday and be like, hey, where are y'all at? You know, we're here. He's like, dang, I, I've got this going on. I could really use you right now type thing. And uh, there's there's so many opportunities for you to teach, for you to create content that we just can't do in three weeks and then the hunting season. Well, and you guys are, you know. We're busy. Yeah. Very I mean, busy. Hopefully, hopefully you've got more business from – you know, from people seeing the stuff we've put out together, but that, that was always a, like a hard thing for honestly for me. And then now even this role I'm sure is hard for you because I was like, the more I tell everyone this cool stuff that we're doing is, you know, it's Copeland. Mm -hmm. Then the more people, you know, we'll use Brock, right? So, like, my good friend Brock um, hired you guys for a lot of things, and I'm just like... And still is. Yeah, and I so I had to tell... you. I'm like, hey, dude, I'm going to give you this number, and he's going to, like, he's going to hire you guys a lot, but don't put me on the back burner. Like, yeah. remember who gave you the number type yeah. thing. But at some point, you know, you keep kind of saying that same thing, but the reality is my scheduling is horrible. Which I don't think helps everything, because <laughs> you and I Chuck both y'all just I, I don't got too but much, I can't yeah, got anything so much going I plan on. Yeah. if I plan it it means it will not happen. <laughs> it's like if you if I'm gonna if I'm gonna say like hey we're gonna do an elk hunt then the next thing is like I don't know when but just be ready yeah and then oh well, that happened this year we yeah. were we were attacked twice we were attacked and you're like hey you're coming on my mule deer hunt i'm like dude i'm already booked you're like you're kidding me and like you were you were borderline well, mad at me no i was i was straight up pissed <laughs> i think my because wife I'm was like, there i think i'm my like, only saving grace i'm like what and i'm like well where are you going and not only were you like not coming with me you were going to the same place with someone else and i'm just like okay so I'm going to come out of my camper every night and like, or every morning you're going to be like loading your shit in someone else's truck, Oh man, you know, and just wave as I go by. Yeah. I'm just like, whatever, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was a, that was a nice, nice, fun, awkward trip. Well, I just drive. I just by. love like getting a cool kill when you're not there and just like sending you a pic and yeah. just being like, check this out, dude. <laughs> How's your 115 you got? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> but um, I think, you know, and, and and when we talked about this, obviously you need the right person. You need somebody that knows their way around the camera pretty well. I mean, you know your way around the camera too, so there's going to be times where you can definitely help somebody, and I'm going to be there to help this, you know, whoever this right person is, and, and we're going to be, you know, probably doing a lot of the vetting. Um, but, you know, going forward – you need somebody that can be there to create videos, to take pictures, to do things, and you need them here in Iowa. They need to be able to be here, yep. at least close by. Maybe not live live here, you know, where you live, but live close by 
yep. to Central Iowa, Des Moines area. So it's something that that's kind of important for you uh, to be able to have access to that person. But it needs to be somebody that knows how to run a camera, knows how to edit, and is is this is a full time this is a full time position or yeah, somebody you're looking for. Yeah, we're gonna order. We're gonna order. We're gonna. That'd <laughs> be nice. Yep, we're I'll gonna have a, a full. We're gonna have a full time position for literally a media manager and i feel like you're gonna vet you and ryer copeland creative um they're gonna vet this person so um we'll have to have some type of a submission yeah maybe we'll have to make that when we post the podcast Yeah, i think so too but we'll have a submission and there's gonna be you know we're gonna Whenever this podcast launches, probably today or tomorrow, which will be like, you know, let's just say the 19th of, of January 2021, um, you know, we're going to get some of these in. And then I think what we're going to do is you guys are going to vet this person. And some of those job responsibilities are going to be the ability to um, obviously track track the things that I do and it might not always be daily, but there's going to be time. You're going to need to, the ability to, you know, take good quality photographs um, in the range, training days, you know, possibly at an event or or take images from an event where, because honestly it's not very likely that this role is going to be someone that travels with me. This is going to be a role to where you're going to get media and you're going to you're going to be able I need you to be able to like fully process pho- photographs from a raw state um utilizing Lightroom, right? Yeah. Or um, organize all those things. Yeah, organize them, um load them into a media gallery that we have, tag them properly. Um obviously you're going to need to to be capable of filming video, you know, media management with that video and then creating a video with it that would be, you know, at a quality that we could use for, for our YouTube stuff. And, um, and we're going to be here to like, I'm going to be vetting people, but this is going to be somebody that we can work hand in hand with them and you as well. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a possible thing to where we talked about if it's something that we needed somebody for a week and you were gone you know, you might could come down and work with us on some projects and things yep. like that too. So it's a, it's a live, you know, be here in Iowa and work for Dud all the time, but there's possibilities to, you know, run down to Georgia for a week or so and jump on edits or cross train or learn some more stuff, you know, how yeah. to get better, all those things too, because I mean, the redneck tech, what we're, you know, what, what we talk about is how to get better in the content creation space. Yeah. So that's what I enjoy too. I enjoy teaching on that side of things. You also need to be able to have, um, you at least need to be able to have some basic knowledge in um like uploading to to Vimeo and yeah. and YouTube and you need to have um you really need to have the ability to to upload videos direct to a website honestly if you're if you understand archery that would be a benefit oh yeah for sure um but you know cuz it's hard for me to be doing a video and talking about you know the knock the knock points and you know your camera is like up on an eclip or something 
that that's going to be an issue. But, you know, I don't, what, what we don't want and what hasn't worked out in the past is, you know, when you're this camera person that freaking just wants to be like, if you really want to be in the video all the time, or, or I shouldn't even say that, but it's, it's such a hard thing to describe, but there's times where, okay, for example, the person that's doing this role, like you need to take pride in what you love to do is create content. Yeah. Like if what you love to do, I would love someone that is a content creator, loves to be artistic, you know, loves to like possibly show me something where like, yeah, that's a freaking cool angle. I love it. Let's, let's do it. Or, Hey, I have an idea for a film with you. You know, have you ever done something? I would love that, but I don't, and obviously if you're a hunter, it's like, yeah, do that. But you know, the content isn't going to be, Hey, can we go to San Carlos and I want to do an elk documentary on, you know, on us going on this elk hunt. Like we, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard topic. And the other thing is you have to, you have to understand that part of this role is that I'm hiring this person and relying on this person to help me manage time that I don't have Yeah. in regards to if we're going to go do a bow build video, like what I want to be able to do is roll into the range and the you're there, lights are set, cameras up, you know, your batteries are charged, you have a lapel out, you've tested audio. Like, lapel that you like. Yeah, honestly, just <laughs> as long as it's not Caleb's, like we're good to go. Um, and I want to be able to roll in there and do that. Like, for example, if if Traeger says, hey, we got this brand new rub, it's going to be there tomorrow, we want you to try it out, what I would love is to to call, you know, you and say, Hey, there's a Traeger rub showing up tomorrow. Um, you know, I'm going to go grab some tomahawks and, you know, let's do a cook. And then, you know, we go there and do this cook and film this out. And then honestly is, I don't want to sound prima donna, but this is something that I feel like you have to be able to say, I need to be able to do that. And then after we do that video, I need to be able to like bounce and go do work that I have to do for knock on or for another company I'm with, or maybe I need to, you know, maybe I have to go shoot or maybe I have to go do a podcast or maybe I have a guest coming and you're going to have to take that plate, get some really cool plating pictures, you know, take some good shots that we can use later on to show the presentation. And then you might have to like, wrap that up and yeah. yeah you get some good leftovers but you might have to clean the pans or clean the dishes or you yeah. know if we do a bow build i might have to say okay can you you know after you get that stuff we got to get all this stuff put back away in the drawers that they're supposed to be in like that's mm-hmm. the stuff that i think people that love what we do don't realize like that's the stuff that i don't know it's it's hard to it's hard to tell people about the stuff they don't see off camera. Yeah. You don't want to make it like not appealing, but in the same sense, like if you get something dirty, you do have to clean it up. And part of 
this role is I need someone that understands like when it comes to filming, that means getting stuff prepped for filming and getting lights out and doing this thing. And then when that's done, we we might not be in this setting or this studio for another couple weeks. So this all needs to get torn down and everything needs to get put back into place and, and going. And I think that's one thing I need to be clear with too is organization is a big bugaboo for me. Like if you, if you roll up here and there's like a week's worth of food bags in your truck and the, you know, back of your pickup truck has crap in it from the last two years, like you're not going to be my guy. Yeah. You need to be creative. You need to be organized, which, you know, usually creative people have a hard time with that side of things. Just being organized <laughs> is tough, but you know, just knowing your role, if you are a creative person and you enjoy archery and you know how to run a camera, like this is something that you could for sure do and, and really excel at. Um, and, you know, and, and I can speak for, you know, for Dudley is like the sky's the limit. Dud's going to be one of those guys. I mean, you're one of those guys that's going to do whatever it takes to make some cool content. Like you're gonna put out really good stuff. I feel you're like there's to, cool content that we oh, never get because yeah, someone's sure. not around me well, all the and time. You're, and you're open to like, like you just said, somebody had an idea for like, hey, this would be a really cool project. You'd be like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all about it. You know, so uh, I think it's a great opportunity for somebody to be able to work with somebody who's gonna give them the the range to be creative and to do some really cool stuff. As long as, you know, as long as you're filling boxes that you need to fill, everything else is kind of like, all right, now let's go crazy with it. Yeah. But it's somebody that needs to come in day one that knows how to do those things. It's not something that, you know, if if you're out there and you're like, I don't know how to run a camera and I don't know how to edit, but I want to do this, you're probably not the guy right now. We need, you know, he doesn't, Dudley doesn't need somebody he's got to hold their hand every day. Yeah. You know, because that's definitely. I've tried that. Good. Yeah. I've tried that a lot. And what ends up happening is I create less because I'm training. And then honestly, a lot of people, when it gets to the point where they realize it's not like just because you're like content creator doesn't mean, you know, if Caleb comes here, you get to hang out with Caleb all day. I mean, you're yeah. going to high five Caleb, but yeah. You know, you're probably going to have stuff you're going to be needing to do because this, you know, this is your job. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you're going to meet some cool people on the way, but there's also, you know, your your thing is capturing photos, editing photos, capturing video, editing video, you know, um, uploading, downloading. Media uh, management. Yeah, it's – like you're a media management person. Well, we've got so much footage that we've captured over the last three years. Good God, dude! That I could hand somebody and be like, "You've got see you next year." Yeah, you've got enough stuff to go through this and be like, "Hey, you could pull, you know, God, thirty man. clips a day. You could put three videos together a day. If you there's nothing else to do, you could just do that." Yeah, because I feel like when we're out filming every day, I stop and say like, "Hey, this is a cool little." This is a cool little tech segment. Mm-hmm. But after we're seven days in, yeah. who knows where that was? Yeah, I mean, that's what gets really hard. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's something, like Dudley said, we're, like, how to, you know, if this is something you're interested in, 
it's probably going to be where you guys are going to submit, um, you know, a resume and, you know, examples of work to me. And then mm-hmm. Ryer and I are going to go through it. And once we've kind of got some candidates narrowed down, then I'm going to show up to Doug and be like, look, this is what we think are the, you know, your top three guys. And then we're going to figure out a way to narrow that down and, yeah. you know, let Dudley say, okay, I think this is my guy, you know, let, you know, you'll interview the last couple, but we're going to narrow that down. It'll probably be where you just email, um, email me, but we'll put like a, like Dud said, we'll put all that in the, the podcast description on how to submit for it. If you're interested in, uh, and, and I, you know, the pay is probably going to be based on your experience. Yeah. Um, and, and that's once we get down to that road, I'll let Dudley handle all that. But, um, I think it's a really cool opportunity. And one of the things that I think people should understand is I've met, honestly, like I've met a lot of people that were really good media personnel for companies that didn't necessarily, they weren't like archery fanatics. Um, they were just, they knew archery and, and they knew bow hunting. Um, but like, I don't feel like you have to be an awesome hunter to start because I'm probably not like, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably not going to put someone with, in a tree with me every day. You know, I still love self-filming because the, the video is so much better when Caleb's there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think if you can take cool pictures and you really understand, I mean, I'm a Mac person, but I feel like if you know your way around Adobe and I think if you can use that DSLR or a different video camera to capture video, um, then, and I feel like if you understand how to somewhat put a story together and not every, not everything we need to do is going to be this ultra polished thing. Like we need to be able to come into work and I got a brand new release in, I want to film a quick video or I may call and say like, Hey, let's do, you know, I got a couple things I want to cook out at the house, come out here, let's bang out a couple cooking things today. Or, you know, I'm going to practice today. Hey, today I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go and, um, I'm going to do some chainsaw work at the farm and, you know, let's capture some like, you know, some in the field content. Uh, or it may just be, Hey, I'm gone this week. I want you to go through all this previous footage. And if there's anything that you feel like we can use, somewhere as cool B-roll or, you know, something that could be educational on our platforms, star it for me and, you know, shoot me the idea. Like, yeah. you don't, you don't have to know every personality in the hunting industry. And honestly, if you're not a fanboy to like what everybody else is doing, it's probably a star. Yeah, for sure. Because we have a pretty good idea of what we do here. And I'm not trying, like I said at the beginning, we're following a passion and, and that's really what we want to do. I don't want to do what other people are doing. We're following a passion we're going to just, we're going to try to capture that passion and authenticity of the brand, Yeah, you know, and that's what that person's going to need to do. And, and if you're not out there, then we'll pursue it down another realm. Yeah, figure you know it what out. I mean? What else you got? Kaleeb, Dion. That's all I got right now. I mean, we kind of went over what I want to talk about. I mean, you want to tell some stories? Are, are you like tell falling asleep because there's no sweetie in here? No, or what's going I, on? dude, I had to get up at three to get on the plane. Oh, they hadn't wow. caught up with me yet. Like my normal hours. Yeah, I know. <laughs> killing me. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, unless you got some of those crazy stories to tell, I'm good. Um, I'm, there's always a crazy story yeah, for sure, but, uh, we'll get this podcast out and I guess, I don't know if we, you're probably going to need to where, like, do you guys have an email for that yeah. to submit? Just redneck tech podcast at Gmail. Redneck tech podcast at, at Gmail. Gmail. Yep. So when you hear this, you better get your freaking, get your resume in yep. quick. Cause probably by the time this podcast circulates too far, it'll, you know, they'll, that position may be filled, but yeah. just, uh, make sure you're cool with background checks. Um, I don't think cavity search is mandatory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll make sure. Uh, yeah, you have to do a PT test with Jocko. Oh um, yeah, I'm out. Full background check and and personality check with Andy Stump. Um, <laughs> I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, Caleb is doing uh you know all all the technical uh, training and checks yep. and then. Uh, I think you got to do like four four self guided trips with Joe Rogan. If you survive that, you get the job. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, you look, you live through that, then you deserve it. <laughs> yeah, you are the person. Yeah, and you get a beard check from Ryer. Ooh, dang! Like you have to check his beard out. No, like or? you got to see if you're, you know, if yours compares to Ryer's because he's pretty proud of his beard. Yes, yeah, I don't know that thing's. That thing could stop a bullet. Yeah, it needs some <laughs> – it's unkempt right now. It because is. nobody will do it because of COVID. Like, nobody wants to, like, be in your face to cut your beard. They'll cut your hair, but they won't cut his beard. It's weird. He put some, like – some. you could smell his beard oil sometimes when he'd, oh, yeah? when he'd gel – when he'd, like, oil that baby up and yeah. it'd come out with just that, that red shimmer to it. I don't know how he it. stands it. That'd drive me insane. I hear once it gets a certain length, it doesn't itch anymore. Like <laughs> – I trimmed mine this morning because I was a little bit longer than yours, and yeah. that's when I start to like itch. Yeah, yeah, it starts. See, mine, to, like mine's like right there at the end of like where I can stand it. <laughs> like I don't know how you stand. Like if it like hair touches like my ears or like if I start itching, I'm like, yeah, it's got to go. I can't take it. Plus, like, well, the only person that could attest to this, I think, would be Sharon. But I would hate to know if I had a beard that big, how much popcorn I would have it. <laughs> like when we're in bed and I eat popcorn at night, yeah. Cause like you were he, eating popcorn when I Facetimed you and I killed my bull. You were in bed eating popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Like Sharon, last night I remember like one time I looked over and Sharon just shook her head and just started laughing and she's like, "How do you miss your mouth so much?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't know. I'm re- actually." Like, I feel like Shaquille O'Neal on a free throw. Like, every time I eat popcorn, it's like, I know it's going in, but it just hits something and just bounces out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, it looks like a police chalk line. When I get out of bed, (laughs) there's just popcorn. The dogs just go there and just vacuum that up. I was about to say, is Luna not just tearing them up? Oh, yeah. They just, they sit at the end of the bed just drooling and just like, Went like, please be done because we're getting ready to just mow down. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, whether this is a red, redneck tech podcast, that's a tongue twister. I would have never went with that name. God, come on, man. Well, you know why I named it that? RNT podcast. RTP, redneck tech podcast. Is that what you went with? Yeah. Then you well, wouldn't have to say podcast at the end. Well, 
what? Well, <laughs> the reason we named it that is because my brother went to North uh, North Georgia Tech up in like where we're from, and they always call it Redneck Tech because it's a bunch of trade schools. <laughs> so that's where I got it. it was Redneck Tech podcast because they always called his school Redneck Tech. That's probably where. Um, that's probably where I would have went to school if I yeah. was down there. R N T P. R N T C then, right? R N T yeah. Technical College. Technical College, yeah. North Georgia Technical College. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Appreciate it. Regna Tech on or knock on. Peace. Everybody.